everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. I'm Travis coming in with my radio DJ voice as I promised I would last episode. What the hell is that? What? You said last time we should always do the radio DJ voice. Now you don't Well, like- it's the morning DJ, morning zoo. <laughs> now that everybody has clicked the X on what? the... Uh- on no the phones, one did uh, that. Back button, delete Come everything, on. unsubscribe. Well, everyone, I'm Travis. I'm the fun one. That's Alex the curmudgeon. And how's everybody doing? Alex, how you doing? You seem uh, irritated with me pretty already. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I am always angry. I, I hate everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, everything sucks. Uh, including your radio DJ voice. Actually, no, your radio DJ voice doesn't suck. It's a little too good, which is what makes it uh, effective <laughs> in making everybody uh, unsubscribe. Uh, that's okay. I mean, we've been we've been and, pumping and give these us out. one star reviews. We've been pumping these out biweekly. People are uh, they're either really starved for some action or they're they're over us and they've left us already. So. You know, whatever, whatever. I'll come in with the radio DJ hey, voice. Shout, shout out to that one guy that that yells at us for not uploading to YouTube often enough. But this, this this one's for you, bud. I don't think you've uploaded to YouTube in like six months. No, I always I I know I always forget. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a lot of other stuff going on. So I hear you. I I did send you the I thumbnails forget. though. Uh, so the but you have to scroll up through our chat for about. 45 minutes. No, I have them. Oh, I have got them, them saved on my on oh, my okay. desktop uh, computer. All right. Well, if anybody wants to listen to some year-old drunk friend on YouTube, <laughs> you might get some of those soon. Maybe uh, you, you can listen to, uh, you know, our friend Dan Hess, the guy who did the uh, p- Pilot Wing soundtrack. Damn. That guy's awesome. That's a, that's, a good, that's a good episode. That's a good episode. That's my favorite. I know. They've been down... Was that episode four? They've been downhill... <laughs> It's ever since we peaked early I th- yeah it's a good question i don't know it was like episode like 25 or something like that I, I wanna, yeah. you know if i'm taking a real guess right now i'm gonna say 36 for some reason that number stands out to me let me look look it up let's see if i land on it. it's like guessing the number of jelly fascinating beans. listening right now people for, love it people i think love. you might be, i think you might be pretty close no it's 36 <laughs> that's what i said all right um that's what you said you said 36 i did i did say that did you just guess that? Seriously? I did. I seriously, I just guessed it. But I feel like I've looked it up kind of recently. I thought you said twenty six. No, that's my bad. I would never say a stupid number like that. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because episode twenty six is Caleb. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> good old Caleb. Uh, that's that. Yeah. Uh, Tales of the Lesser Medium, folks. Check it out. But uh, that's right. Some some recent uh, video. W- w- let's segue into the in the show proper. Okay. Let's let's cut the nonsense. Um, Snest drunk here. I'm reading. I ain't done shit in a couple of weeks. What's uh, what's going on with you? Going on, where's some videos? He's done shit. Now, uh, let, let, if if we can talk about uh, uh, s- something uh, a little serious, actually, sure. Um, my uh, Patreon, I, I decided mm. to completely nope out of any kind of donation thing. It just it got to the point where I'm I'm not able to uh, provide any sort of reward for anybody's monetary you know tips and donations to me that's been eating away at me for like months and months and months and months and i i don't know if i'm ever going to get back to like a regular tuesday thursday schedule it's going to be coming here and there and bursts and stuff like that like i have a ton of videos that i'm working on right now but um as far as like regular shit like there's going to be weeks off here and there 
But um, anyway, the, back to the Patreon thing. I deleted that altogether. Um, it's funny. They, they make you jump through so many hoops to delete that. But uh, Really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like trying to cancel a gym membership, basically, where <laughs> you got to talk to the president. You got to get a signed note from the prime minister of Ireland and, you know, all this nonsense. But, Dude, uh, you should have got him on the podcast. Uh, those are good gifts. <laughs> it's uh, it's ridiculous. I, I couldn't do it anymore because it was just eating away at me. And uh, the fact that I'm not providing as many videos this week in particular last week, I don't think there was anything. So it's just like, yeah, this is kind of my new reality and I need to stop fighting it. So, um, yeah, I had to nope out of Patreon, which was, uh, you know, there were like 250 people sub to that. It was only like a dollar a month, but still, that's that was kind of like a big I, i'll be honest with you it was a huge weight lifted off my chest i was gonna say but that felt now good. i feel like yeah it, it's a lot of i always felt stressed by all the requests that people made um and a lot of them are really good a couple of them are yours um yeah but uh yeah i, I had to nope out of that after a while it was just uh beginning to be a, a bit of a burden and it's like this isn't why i started any of this stuff in the first place so i'm going to say no i'm going to get out of this so yeah don't, that's you can give me shit for not posting stuff i don't care if it comes from you but if it comes <laughs> from people that are actually giving me money then it's a problem i was actually giving you money but no it's um it, it's it's completely really? yeah it was it's completely understandable though because i mean it was something that you brought up a couple times over over the you know few months i think it came up at some point and you're like man i don't know about this and so what a good way to celebrate your birthday than to just fucking yeah. erase a giant burden. That was smart. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I I was talking about this with my girlfriend, Pearl. Like, what is the best present I can give myself at this point in my life? And that was it. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to freaking do it. Yeah, I'm going to put move. up a post saying, thank you, everybody, and that's it. I'm out. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to be making videos, obviously, but I just don't have any clue what my schedule is going to look like uh, because of my job, because I don't want to... S- sit at my computer 80 hours a day you know it's freaking 80 hours a week basically that that's ultimately what it's becoming because i'm working from home so often and it's nothing but zoom meetings and taking notes and stuff like that it used to be a nice little rhythm where i could go into the office uh get my usual non work nonsense finished and then um get to work on videos um, by that, I mean writing scripts. Yeah. I, I used to take my, you know, I have like a, a Google Doc I would access and I would uh, kind of flesh out my notes and then do my research and all that sort of stuff. Uh, hopefully nobody from my work is is listening to this. <laughs> I'm a very hardworking employee. Um, but yeah, that got disrupted. Now, all of a sudden, everything takes place in the same spot. It was nice being able to do the writing in a completely separate spot and then come home and do, you mm-hmm. know, uh, play the game, record the footage, uh, do like spot footage, save state type stuff, uh, password stuff, um, skip through the game and, and edit everything together. That was working really well for years. And then all of a sudden everything is crammed into one spot. And it's just, I, I don't like sitting at my desk for 80 hours a week anymore. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude, I uh, I relate to that so so much. I didn't have the output that you had, but my my rhythm was was very similar when I had a job that wasn't here that I had to you know put pants on for. 
uh, I would do the exact same thing, get a lot of the nonsense out of the way early and, and save some time to, to script some things and, and uh, do, do a little bit of research, maybe clip some images I'd want to throw in the video just to save myself time for when I was at home and be able to put the video together and all that stuff. But you're right. I'm sitting here in the same spot all fucking day. I wake up, I come in here, and I'm if I'm early enough down here, I maybe will edit a little bit of a podcast. I got fucking five podcasts and a video thing I'm working on, so I'm always doing something. And man, it got to the point like a few months ago where I was like, damn, I don't fucking want to come in here and sit down anymore. I want to go into the other yeah. room, and I don't even want to really even play games. I just want to watch a movie with Nicolas Cage in it that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I don't. I just want to break yeah. from my my usual. And uh, so my I've taken a dip as well. I, I'm not getting rid of my Patreon, but um, I am definitely slowing my my output uh, because those schedules that we give ourselves, you know, it's like I'm going to do it weekly. You know, where at first you're like that'll motivate me to do it, but then at some point it becomes very demotivating, and you kind of got to find that balance. And so I can relate to that 110. percent well, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad you can can understand where I'm coming from. That's that's always encouraging to hear, and not get shooed out by like, "What are you doing? Don't you realize people look forward to your videos every 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 Tuesday and every Thursday? You're doing them a disservice. God did, damn it! Did people? Did anybody come at you? No. Oh, good. People aren't that mean. I mean, I get mean comments, but not that just from drive-bys. You yeah. Know, people that aren't subscribed that that don't really care. They just show up in your your comments. No, those are the mean people. No, everybody's been super supportive and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's I, I, I'm making a mountain out of a molehill here. I feel like no, I don't <laughs> think so. Really, all all I'm really doing is just making videos about games people forgot about. 30 years ago so well you know i i do understand people seeing maybe they see the patreon disappear maybe they didn't catch a message and they're suddenly like oh no is he not going to yeah. make videos anymore like is he shutting it all down and so it's good yeah. reassurance to say like no nah, I'm, I'm gonna slow it down but we're still i mean you said last episode you got like what like 30 some compilation video ideas uh, in your notepad so yeah you got and some videos. of them are really stupid and and that's okay. They'll, they'll never get made. But uh, a lot of them are really good. Well, like, then um, you can make a video be... about your video ideas that were stupid. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a little too uh, sniffing your own farts, I think, maybe. But uh, Let me do it. I'll do it. T- ten ten <laughs> SNES drunk video ideas that were fucking dumb. And then I just go through the your notepad. The, the top ten worst top tens that I came up with. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, there's there's some stuff like uh, that that I'm definitely going to be doing. Like I'm always going to be doing the ROM hacks videos, the uh, improvement patches videos, um, especially for uh, Super Nintendo stuff. Um, I really want to make videos about like cheat codes and Game Genie. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's always like the top 13 stuff, like yeah. the hardest levels or uh, the, the, you know, the best uh, Game Boy Advance games that aren't ports that aren't just remakes and one that i really like uh an idea that i really like that i'm i'm kind of slowly piecing together is like kind of a hidden factoid uh video about super nintendo games just like hidden controls that you didn't know exist or hidden like uh mechanics in a game uh that you didn't know exist like uh for example in certain games uh they have a option to flip the controller upside down so you can use the if if you're if it's more comfortable for you to use the d-pad with your right thumb instead of your left you can do that that's crazy so 
Yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't know about that kind of stuff. So I, I'm looking forward to working on that and coming up with more more weird stuff uh, that I can uh, share with people. So yeah, channel's not going anywhere. But uh, yeah, as far as like any sort of like Patreon or tip thing, I'm not not going that route ever again. So um, what about? It looks like you are still cranking away though with the old nest friend with Robo Warrior. Robo freaking warrior man it's like and this is like uh ultimate warrior combined with robocop is that what we're going for here honestly a little bit if you look at the cover art that's a perfect that might have actually been the inspiration to be quite honest (laughs) does this does this robot have tassels on its arms i think he's got some yeah tassels on his arms and uh not (laughs) not good not great on the mic He's not great on the mic. <laughs> not great on the mic. Not good in the ring. He's he, All he is is just a big entrance and great big, entrance music, and yeah. he runs around and does a big splash, and then yeah. he, he leaves. Great physique, but yeah. uh, not much else, yeah. <laughs> He's got a great, great look, but uh, can't work. I mean, that's honestly true. That's true about this game. It has a great look. Wow. Okay. It's. I mean, you nailed it. It looks good. If you watch somebody else play it, you'd be like, oh, damn, that looks great. But when you get your hands on it, you realize it's just a really fr- frustrating Bomberman slash adventure game. And it has, it's, I think it's a, a great idea. I, I definitely, I'm in the headspace with whoever had this idea and pitched it. They're like, listen to this. Instead of just being on a single screen with bombs, like Bomberman, we go, we just run around the wilderness with the bombs blowing up stuff, looking for looking for jewels, and I would I was like, yeah, dude, that's that's a perfect idea. Write that down. And then when they went to implement it, they were like, let's make it a little bit uh, annoying and keep the life going going down all the time. Yeah, and like yeah, that I yeah. that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, the game is already slow paced enough. Yeah, where you know if you're worried about the whole like rental thing it's like oh we don't want anybody to beat the game on on one rental it's like you don't have to worry about that with a game like this because it's so plotting and and slowly paced because uh yeah you seriously have to just like set a bomb wait for it to go off then you know move ahead set another bomb yeah fight this enemy it's it's really slow thing is though is i could totally see myself uh being an apologist for this game like if i grew up with it i know like that. that's the thing yeah i because because it is cool in theory it does look like it would be fun if you had nothing else to play <laughs> right and if you learned like you where the things are that it's good yeah yeah because it is it's an easter egg hunt every but everything's buried and you gotta bomb it out but if you started learning where things yeah. are you get some momentum yeah it's 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 good, but you know, yeah, the, it's just instead of a time limit, they made your life run out, which is completely stupid. Yeah, 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 and and also the 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 difficult part of making the video was trying to figure out the fucking relationship between Hudson Soft and Sunsoft and this jumbled Bomberman Blaster Master can- canon. And I don't know why I I could have just skimmed over it, but I knew somebody in the comments would either do say something that would well actually either well actually me or give me the answer and I'm like damn I wish I'd have just fucking looked it up I could have put that in the video so I had to look it up uh, and then uh, I'm still confused yeah check it out check out the uh, Robo Warrior there well we got a few emails and then we got a big old interview and so uh, we better get cracking we better get cracking on these emails here you want me to read this one go ahead yeah we got a long one here from I think it's pronounced March Mart Jin March Jin Mart Mart Jin He's from the Netherlands. He's Dutch. I'll let you uh, drown on that one by yourself. I'm not even going to try to chip in. You just go ahead. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry, Marty. 
Uh, he says, Dear Trev and Alex, first of all, I would like to say that I love both of your channels as well as this podcast. Hey, thanks. Thanks. On the podcast, I enjoy listening to you guys talking together the most, but you do get some cool guests, and I find myself often subscribing to their respective channels if they are YouTubers as well. I was wondering, though, why you don't post the podcast on your channels also. Uh, Well, we can stop right there and answer that. Uh, We don't want to inundate people with content. At at least I don't. Um, The uh, Drunk Friend podcast does have a separate YouTube channel that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, and it's not it's not well attended to but some of the old episodes no. are there and also too there's a there is definitely a tonal shift between this podcast and our videos this is a little more yeah, late yeah. night uh hanging out chatting with a buddy and i keep i mean you can show a nest friend to an elementary school you know that's where i'm at <laughs> i hope they do that someday i hope so too. um if they don't already um <laughs> He goes on to say, I listen to some podcasts who also post audio-only videos on their respective channels apart from the usual places, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Anyway, just a thought. But yeah, the whole idea is like, well, when people sign up to get videos from Snestruck, that's kind of what they want. So I'm not going to be like, hey, what about this, too? The last time I did that, I remember doing LPs uh, way back in 2014. Um, when I would do, uh, the maximum, uh, length of video I could do at the time was 10 minutes. Oh, so I would yeah. do these, uh, LPs for, uh, Star Fox and Final Fight and all this stuff. And they were 10 minutes at a time. So eventually my channel just got flooded with these, you know, I, I would do like t- two or three a week and I was actually losing subscribers Dang. according to the, um, advanced stats, I guess you'd call them. But yeah, it, it's people would click on them and click unsubscribe because <laughs> it's not what they signed up for. They want like just a, dr- you know, some guy right, right. like, hey, what's this game? This is what it is. Here's what it compares to, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, I get that. I'm going to stop doing this. So yeah, that's where I'm coming from anyway. Anyway, uh, he goes on to say, uh, here are some other questions. If some of them have been asked before, just ignore them. Smiley face. Do you guys like reading or collecting game-related books? I personally like collecting them and enjoy art books such as Art of Mana or The Art of East, as well as the books from UK publisher Bitmap Books, especially their new JRPG book. As a JRPG nut myself, this book was one great read. And yeah, Bitmap Books, I've got how many now? Four, I think. I've got the games that weren't. I've got the Super Famicom one. Oh, I've only got three. Uh, and I've got the Pixel book, which is just pixel art. And it's, yeah, they do excellent work there. Um, I don't necessarily collect that stuff, but I do really like it. What about you, Trav? Uh collecting no but i do want to get into the bitmap books as sort of a collection uh i do read a lot of gaming related books like actually a lot of them including like the boss fight stuff i really enjoy those but this is a great opportunity for me to shout out uh, what a buddy of ours is doing and has has shared in the discord is he's put together uh, a digital library of video game books that is freaking amazing i don't know how much time he spent on this but this came up quick and it is uh he has maybe the biggest collection of video game books he might li- he might ri- rival the library of congress when it comes to the number of of books that he has <laughs> but if you go to the video game library.org uh you can sift through there and get uh get information on just about any video game book in existence and it's going to include like you know graphic novels uh, biographies even kids books cookbooks video game cookbooks uh novelizations all that stuff art reference books 
and it shows you where you can buy the book. It has the cover. It has tons of information about it. So what a, what a great question and opportunity to shout out our pal Dean's uh, latest efforts here because if I were curious about any book uh, or, or whatever, th- that's the first place I'm going to now. It's, it's such a complete resource. We should probably say the name of the site. It's the video game library, all one word, dot org. Right. I thought I did, but uh, yeah, please. No, I think you did call it the video game library, but I don't think you mentioned the dot org. If you did, I wasn't uh, busy scrambling to find the site. (laughs) It helps to repeat it. Dot dot org. Please check it out. I'm going to link that in the description as well, because uh, I think it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Just to give an example of some of the stuff uh, the site posts... There is a uh, biography called Mortal Doctor, a story of transformation, uh, discipline, and purpose. Uh, I don't know what this is, but it's got a doctor that also, I guess, yeah, he's a uh, accomplished family. The, the author is an accomplished family physician and a lifelong martial artist who transformed from a shy, in- insecure boy to a confident yet reserved and appreciated leader. Throughout his life, Philip has overcome obstacles to pursue his dreams and encounter unique experiences like becoming Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> this book was Dang. written so that his fans, friends, and family can better understand him and become inspired to make the most out of every God-given talent and opportunity. Yeah, this is in the uh, uh, biography uh, section. Yeah, and that's a book that only Dean knew existed, and thankfully he shared that with the world. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there's there's comics here, graphic novels. There's uh, not, yeah, like you said, novelizations. There's a great book here on uh, Commodore 64 Retrospective. Like just to, you know, it, it covers all across all spectrums of uh, all sorts of different stuff. And I just uh, love the way the site's game. put together too. It has it's yeah, a very it's pleasing very aesthetic UI. Yeah, so please everyone go check that out, support it. I don't know if if Dean has a way you can even support it other than clicking on it, but do whatever you can with it, share it. Uh, yeah, that was great. Continuing yeah. on with the email, yeah. uh, when recently playing Daikaiju Monogatari 2, Super Shell Monster Story 2 for the SNES with the translation patch, I noticed what a fantastic main theme that game series has. That got me thinking pretty much of all the great games I know, uh, that have great soundtracks as well, and was wondering if there are any great games with terrible soundtracks out there. Out there. I really couldn't think of any apart from Saturn Bomberman. Great game, but man, that soundtrack is poor. Um, like, as far as, like, f- complete soundtracks, no, I can't think of any. I can think of plenty of great games that have some, like, really annoying music from time to time, like uh, the underground cave theme in Yoshi's Island is really gets on my nerves after a while i don't know why that might just be me but <laughs> I, I i hate that music and there's also some music in uh, secret of mana like when you go to the dwarf caves ugh, it's like the faster i get out of here the better because i don't have to hear that annoying theme anymore uh is there any that you can think of man it's funny that i i can't but i'm gonna bet that some of the sloggy, poorly put together RPGs on the NES probably have some very bad repetitive music, but that also means that they're not great games either. But like something like Dungeon Master's probably got a, a really shitty soundtrack that you have to endure for long, you know, 40 hour game. Um, but now really nothing jumps out as like a solid game that's got a really shysty soundtrack. 
I probably just, if I don't like it immediately, I probably just turn it down and put a podcast on and don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, it is, it's, it's especially true with uh, RPGs where you've get the, uh, an old RPGs where you have to, the same battle music over and over again. Uh, yes. Like Breath of Fire or Lufia and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yes. That gets, yeah, it gets rough. That gets annoying. Anyway, uh, he's got more questions for us. He right. says, I recently played Neo Turf Masters with a buddy of mine, and it really is a blast. What is the best golf game, regardless of system, in your mm. opinion? By the way, Trav, where is your golf video? I know Alex did one in 2016, but I, God, was it that long ago? Jesus. I, but I would <laughs> love to know what the NES had to offer in yeah. terms of golf. All we right. got Lee Trevino fighting golf. Man, there's, and there's a ton of golf games. I mean, the NES is a basically a golf system. It's good. It's so many golf games on it. Uh, it just hasn't come up in the old randomizer, but uh, one of these days, man, we're going to get to those golf games. And you know what? This reminds me something that we never, ever brought up on this podcast, because I think when this happened, you were a little bit under the weather, but we did the old, uh, the old golf tournament with, uh, with the Renaissance. And uh, Oh, yeah. And you ended up getting to the final. I ended up fucking getting in the finals. I'd never played the game until like a week before that. And and boy, did I just happy Gilmore my way into getting my ass handed it. to me in the finals. Yeah. I mean, honestly, dude, I was so proud I got to the finals because uh, <laughs> I, I did not think I was any good at that game. And I practiced quite a bit the day before. I was like, dude, I don't want to look like a stupid idiot in this tournament. And I ended up getting to the finals. I don't want to look like Alex. You you look like you were having a bad day. I'm not gonna lie to you there. Was it the wind or something? <laughs> I felt like shit. <laughs> what a wind? No, I, I I just felt awful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. I can't remember what my ailment of the day was. I think it was Sudafed. Was uh, your ailment? Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, good job. I uh, great great uh, great work grinding it out. You know, g- get out there, be a playmaker, make plays, dude. I mean, no, that's that's what you do. What, what seriously yeah, a top five cliches in there top five accomplishment in my life was just placing in that <laughs> tournament i hate to admit that that's true but it's so true um but alex i think i'm going to defer to you being you're the golf guy of, of the two of us sure uh what's what do you think is the best golf game regardless of, of the system i love any mario golf game um and that spans from game boy color to n64 uh my personal favorites are the game boy advance one because they were uh, that one was uh, developed by Camelot, uh, the same folks that did the Golden Sun series, uh, at least the Golden Sun GBA games. And uh, so that one plays like an RPG where you earn skills, level up and talk to people and unlock stuff. And it's 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 not a very good Mario game, but it's a great golf game. Mm. Um, and then there's also um, Mario Golf for 3DS. I bought that the day it was released. It's a the it's worth it just for the par three, uh, eighteen hole par three course, because uh, there's like all sorts of different challenges. At the time, there were uh, tournaments you could enter. I remember placing in the top forty once, uh, and that's because I shot like twenty two under par <laughs> or something ridiculous for for nineteen holes. I got an eagle on every par five and birdied every other hole. But uh, yeah, it feels like a million years ago. But um, there's also uh, the Tiger Woods series. Uh, my personal favorite is always uh, Tiger Woods 06 Dude, for PS2. That's a good uh, one. I, I even I played why. that one randomly. Yeah, I, I, I think it's because uh, once you get, if you play like the quote unquote franchise mode, you get to a point where you start to unlock these insane 
like Mario Golf style courses that are where it's like a 800 yard par five, and it's, you're 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 golfing through like the Greek you know ruins or whatever they're called, like uh, the the ancient Greece or something like. I I it's it's bizarre. It the game takes a really strange turn once you if you play it long enough, and I really like it. So uh, yeah, th- those would be my picks. Those three. Gotcha. I'm, I will give a shout out to Golf Story if you want golf with a different flavor. Oh. Pretty and fun. of course, I have to mention what the golf, which oh, is a yeah. great game. Yeah. It's it's not much of a golf game, but it's it's a crazy game, indeed. And then we have one final question. He says, "Finally, a question for Alex." As Trav doesn't really like them, what he doesn't like questions. You don't like questions. He's, well, he got to get questions. Uh he's oh, he's saying I don't really because he says, "Are you going to do more uh, reviews on RPGs?" He doesn't think I like RPGs. Oh, he's I, get he's putting the cart before the horse here. I don't mind RPGs. Uh, I'm no expert though. So he's asking, yeah, more reviews on RPGs. Yeah, eventually. Um, but yeah, like he says, they are they take a really long time to beat and thus a pain in the ass to get footage for and uh, a pain in the ass to like get a feel for how the game is and and whether or not to recommend it or not recommend it and like who what what kind of game it compares to and that sort of stuff like ogre battle is one i haven't done yet the march of the black queen uh that's one i still have to tackle there's all sorts of freaking super famicom ones that i haven't done yet but i will eventually no hurry right on man yeah yeah one of these days continues (laughs) have you you've done dungeon master right or what it would dragon some generic title that first person dungeon <laughs> yeah. crawler one. Yeah, that was shitty. Yeah, I did that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll do more for sure. I mean, I you know, they're on the bucket list. We'll get to it eventually. I would like to see you cover the Dragon Warrior games. It's, yeah. Um, I, I've been thinking about how I would do it. Like, do I want to, like, do a big video series that, like, clumps them all together? Because that's kind of my style. Or uh, because they're so long, do I parse it out one at a time? But I could see the reviews getting very repetitive if I did that because eh, they're not mechanically very very different. So we'll see. So I'm thinking mm, about it. You can tell point. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. We'll see. Yeah. And he says, anyway, that's it for now. Thanks for bringing such awesome content and keep up the good work. Greetings from the Netherlands, Martijn. Uh, right. I hope I'm saying your name at least somewhat correctly. I'm, I know what. Uh, since I typed his name up there at the top and I switched the J and the I, it looks like it looks like it might be Mart- just Martin. When the J's silent. I, I I don't know. All right. I, I, I'm sorry. That's all I could say. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to read uh, an easy email here. This is from our pal Robert Ring. Uh, Rob says, uh, he titles the email Food, which that's going to get read on the show. And then he says, oh, yeah. uh, Alex R., referencing another email from before, Alex R. was right. Central Barbecue is the best. I get it shipped to my house sometimes, too. Rob and uh, we we guessed that uh, that he did and indeed yeah. he does. I think I I called it out like in the moment. I was like, that sounds like something Robert would do. So sure enough, he does. Man, but so I'm gonna have to get some Central Barbecue in my life. It sounds like get it so shipped to your house. I may I may have to do that. Yeah, get it shipped down there. Uh, I'm even gonna take the next one. Okay, we got one mm. from our pal Jeffrey here. It's uh, it's titled Baseball Joke. Which again, that's that's a that's a quick click. That shows up in the old inbox. And he says, uh, who is the only baseball player with four body parts in his name? Give the listeners a chance to guess at home there. Baseball player with four body parts in his name. And that's going to be 
Tony Armas. Tony Arm S. Tony Armas. Tone. Tony Arm Ass. Yeah. And uh, by the way, he is your classic example of a guy as a player. He's your guy that has like one absolutely amazing season out of nowhere and then just falls off the face of the earth. Mm. In 1984 with the Boston Red Sox, he hit 43 home runs, 123 RBIs. Wow. Finished seventh in MVP voting. He was an all-star that year. Uh, 339 total bases. He led the league. He led the majors in total bases. Tony. This guy was a this guy was a beast. He had 29 doubles, too. And then after that, like he was never quite the same. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> he pretty much fell off a cliff uh, from a production standpoint. Uh, I do vaguely remember Tony Armas. Uh, he was an outfielder. And uh, I remember during his time uh, toward the end of his career, he wore these giant glasses and he had this big mustache. It almost looked like he was wearing a disguise. (laughs) Uh, Just by memory of toe knee arm ass i uh, just googled him and saw that image and you're right it looks like he's <laughs> like he walked <laughs> out like of a bank and then walked back in wearing that to see if he could pull the same either, stunt either that or he's in the witness protection program or <laughs> exactly uh, yeah trying to disguise him somehow but uh, but yeah that's hilarious he's got a great look going for him and he's got like kind of the the extra hair popping out of the side of his uh his hat. I know. You know the thing is, the, the I'm Oscar imagining. Gamble <laughs> I think if he took off the hat, the hair would go with it. Like it's it's part of the hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just like part beanie or something. Excellent. Uh, good joke, Jeffrey. All right, we got one more email here. Yeah, we appreciate that, Jeffrey. What? What? You want to read the next one too? Since that other one was like a freaking sure. Russian novel. Sure. This one's from our pal JJS Boyce. Goes by QX in the old Discord. Uh, titled today. Hello, both. Alex is known for making videos that ask, is blank worth playing today? Uh, But there is a decade's worth of these videos. So now that uh, several thousand more todays have passed in some cases, are there some games from the 1990s which you rated good or bad in the 2010s but would now rate differently yet again? (laughs) Maybe better options (laughs) became available? Or is it even possible that a retro title became somehow better than it was just a few years ago? So we will stop there. He's got he's got a, a separate question down below that, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's possible. Yeah, but you know, in the case where I just made a bad video and I revisited a game like for uh, Secret of Evermore, um, yeah, it's like I I did a bad job at explaining why I didn't like this game. I need to revisit it and give it some credit here. Um, I know I can do a better job of that. There's there's always situations like that. Like, I want to do that for Secret of Mana. I'd like to do that for Yoshi's Island. I know I mentioned those earlier today. That's a weird coincidence. But, um, yeah, it's uh, I, I don't think a whole lot is going to change, at least not in my perspective. But um, uh, based on, uh, you know, like a game that's flawed like Star Fox, like just playing it as is vanilla the cartridge like yeah it's still gonna have the same frame rate issues you're gonna have stuff popping up in your line of vision out of nowhere in a split second and you have to dodge uh you're gonna take a lot of damage the hit detection's not great you know that stuff's not gonna change over a matter of of years it was bad then it's it's gonna be bad now what changes is that people like our friend uh vitor villela um does these insane ROM hacks for games like, you know, Gradius 3 
he does those uh, SA1 patches that speed up the game so you can it gives you a different kind of experience. So uh I think uh ROM hacks are able to uh, change games so there are eventually better options as the emailer says. Hmm. Um yeah, but uh point. yeah, as 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 far as, you know, like <laughs> from the 2010s compared to now, no, I don't think that's yeah, I mean the the only the only difference is going to be like, well, now you can play it with this patch. Now you can play it with this ROM hack. That's really, that's really it. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is that because you've seen and experienced so many games since some of those early reviews, that maybe your perception oh. has shifted. Like maybe some of those early ones, you're like, yeah, you know, I thought that was a decent one, but I've played so many more decent shit since then that maybe I would notch it down a little bit lower. That's that's the only thing I can think yeah. of that would really shift retro wise over the last 10 years but it's a good question i mean um, in terms of like editorialization like uh, uh, like you know uh, in terms of my opinion mm-hmm. of games like that yeah sure like you know something like sparkster or cybernator those those are two super early games i did uh videos on super early on in the channel and i wish i could uh do those again you know, just for fun, because uh, I'd like to see how those stack up. Oh, so you're just kind of curious uh, to go back and try them out. Like you don't really yeah. know what your opinion would be, but I don't, uh. and not a, not even necessarily to make a video. Mm. I just want to go and see, like, oh, since I've played all this extra crap from you know stuff that was never released uh, outside of Japan and all these other games I'd never heard of before. Let's see how these other do, you know, games do. Man, uh, when you get hard up for most, content, eventually, what you can do is just. <laughs> re-upload those same old videos and then add like a 30 <laughs> second at the end to be like is it still worth playing today yep and then there you go yeah you've, re- <laughs> you've rebranded yep. it for another 10 years all right thanks for it yeah uh, <laughs> and i have to label the video as like remastered with director's commentary or something there like you go that. man he just came up with that's a great content right there man you're evergreen forever <laughs> The, the very bottom of his question is, uh, Trav, having recently jumped from 2022 to 1994 and back again, I'm also interested in your thoughts on the possible changing quality of old games as we hurdle ever more toward the future. Regards, Joel. Um, man, that's that's a really good question. I don't know. I really just don't know. I just I feel like I'm just locked in, and they those games don't. They're they're timeless almost. I can't. Uh, they they will never. To, to me, I don't know that they'll ever age more than they've aged. If that makes any sense. Like, I don't know that I'm ever going to view, uh, say, like the reference the Legend of Zelda again. Maybe I'll maybe I'll say uh, Kabuki <laughs> Quantum Fighter. Like, I like that. I like that <laughs> game. It's it's old, and I think 20 years from now, I'll still look at it the exact same way. I just don't know that it'll ever get older than it is. I think some of those games kind of hit a hit a wall for how uh, outdated they can be. Yeah. Whereas others are going to suffer, yeah. like anything from the, you know, the Nintendo 64 era, like the, the 3D pixel jank. I think that's only going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But it's an interesting question. As someone who kind of is, I'm fascinated with time travel and perception and that kind of thing, uh, I don't really have a good answer. But, man, it's a great question. Good question, Joel. We appreciate yeah, He's you. always asking that cerebral stuff. He's too smart to be emailing drunk friend. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, guys, thanks for uh, thanks for all the emailed questions. Please email more. Uh, but coming up, we got a we got a guest. We got a special guest. He's the communications director for Magfest. You've heard us talk about Magfest before. I'm a huge fan. Been trying to get Alex out there for a while, and his name is fun to say. It's Dak Croach. 
which is fun. And we chat about all the things. We chat, obviously, we chat about MacFest quite a bit. We get into arcade machines. We get into to food. Uh, we, we get into all kinds of cool stuff. And a big shout out to our pal Seth, aka Captain Drachma, for sowing the seeds that led to this interview. So we hope you enjoy it. But uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get to it. Maybe you're like me, and you enjoy a sip of something while you are knee-deep into your Friday night gaming session. Have you ever stopped to think, what is in your glass? How is this made? Who made this wondrous potion? If yes, then you should check out PD's Power Hour podcast, a podcast where we chat with other video game lovers and learn about what we love to drink. Available wherever podcasts can be found, especially at polymedianetwork.com. Drink well, my friends. Bye. All right, Dak, thanks so much for taking the time to join us because you're a very busy guy. You're the most, you know, of a lot of the guests that we have, you have a distinguished, esteemed title of communications director. <laughs> and so that makes me feel professional. I'm bringing my best tonight. And so thank you for coming on to such, I mean, we're, we're called Drunk Friend. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you know what you're getting, you know what you're getting out of this. But uh, thanks Drunk for Drunk Friend us. could use a communications director. We, <laughs> we really I've, could. I've never. <laughs> I've never felt so elevated before. This is this is amazing. <laughs> no, thanks thanks for having me, you guys. This is uh, this is going to be a whole lot of fun, and I'm I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, that's. I mean, right thank, again, thanks for taking the time. And I got to. I'm going to shout myself out. I'm a huge Macfest fan. Oh, I've great. missed uh, only one in person Macfest proper in the last ten years. Wow. And that was because my daughter was born, so it was her fault. Wow. And or else I would have been there. I mean, in fact, I, I tried, but my wife was really adamant I stay home. So I uh, didn't get to make it to that one. But Alex, yeah, he's, we've not gotten him out. We've not gotten him over. Alex, come on. You got you to gotta make it someday. You know, it's a, it's a blast. And uh, if you ever have a child, you know, I hear that we're, uh, we're going to have new labor rooms um, available for uh, all, uh, you know, expected mothers. No, that's not true. But we would <laughs> oh, love to have you, of course. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a whole thing called uh, uh, distance, that uh, that pesky, uh, you know, mileage, you know, that whole thing. Sure. Uh, I'm a, can you bring MAGFest down to Albuquerque by any chance? Oh. You'll be sacrificing a ton of revenue and a lot of, uh, you'll get like 20% of the amount of people, but, uh, you know, just, just saying. I'd be able to attend it at that point. But yeah, I, I was all set to uh, attend a couple of years ago before COVID became a big thing. And then my, my travel, it's like I can only go home during this whole fiasco. So, but uh, I hope to go next year. That's, uh, and I, uh, and I've told Trav many times that I would just wander around aimlessly in the giant arcade for like 12 straight hours. Oh, that's the move. That's absolutely the move. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. the 3 a.m. arcade games. You got the, the killer queen <laughs> with just a bunch of, uh, you know, random drunk friends. And it's, hey, there it is. That's it's, our people. There it is. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, this is kind of skipping ahead, but, you know, Alex was talking about the, the distance piece. And in addition to MAGFest, which is extremely Atlantic, there's also a MAGWest, or at least there was. I, I, I'm very unclear on the status of the... Uh, peripheral mag events so it, one is that still a thing and two is that anywhere near albuquerque i don't look at maps <laughs> um yeah me either my uh, geography teacher was also the football coach but uh no mag <laughs> mag west mag west indeed is happening this is great i'm getting the uh i'm, I'm getting the the plugs out, uh, out of yeah. the way right at the beginning here no mag west is happening um it's in uh, san jose 
Um, and uh, it's always a, a summer event. I should have those dates off the top of my head, but um, I believe it's uh, late August. Um, if you go to magwest.org, uh, you'll be able to check everything out there. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a smaller event. It's a little more chill, uh, both because it's smaller and I like to think because you know, the people of California are generally a more laid back crowd. <laughs> in, uh, and so, you know, it's, uh, but it's a lot of the same, you know, it's music, it's gaming, it's a ton of fun. Um, definitely one of my, you know, personal favorite events, but uh, it's sadly not, not anywhere near Albuquerque. So we're, we're going to have Aww. to work on, um, you know, Mag, Mag Kirk, uh, oh, there you go. 2023. <laughs> um, Some people might confuse that for like a Star Trek convention. Or you know what? That's, <laughs> that's the crossover that's been waiting to happen. So, that's <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So, tell us, as as people that uh, you know, again, we just we're just on a drunk friend podcast over here. What what is a communications director in charge of? What are you doing for Magfest? Oh man, that's a you know everyone asks me that. You know, I it's hard to answer even you know when my mom is like what do you what do you actually do and uh <laughs> you know the the closest thing i can kind of relate it to is it's a lot like sort of working in kind of a startup environment where everyone on the team is always wearing a bunch of different hats so mm -hmm. every you know every week you're doing something different you know if you take a look at like my job description it's you know things like uh you know maintaining and updating the website doing newsletters social media customer support uh, marketing, advertising, things like that. But then there's a lot of, uh, you know, additional things, I would say, a lot of graphic design, um, you know, promo swaps at events, showcases at other events, all the signage. Uh, and then there's some really fun things I get to do. Um, I mean, honestly, all of that is pretty fun. I have a pretty awesome job. But, uh, you know, then there's event theming, you know, where we get to kind of decide, okay, what's this year gonna, you know, feel like is are we going to model it after some well known franchise, you know, how are we going to connect to the audience? Um, those are that's always fun. Uh, merchandising, you know, general business development relations, uh, sponsorships, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and I know that that sounds like a lot, but the 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 truth of the of the matter is that we have just this unbelievably incredible volunteer base. Um, Magfest is indeed a nonprofit, and we have something like twelve to fourteen hundred different volunteers. And throughout the year, a real sizable portion of those people are really heading up a lot of those kind of individual departments. And so, you know, my normal day to day is a lot of times either checking in or sort of playing more of a managerial role. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of wild, you know, hat switching, which is great because I, I wear a lot of hats in real life too, you know, <laughs> hat guy over here. We got a hat guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, everything you said sounds like everything that, I wish I had decided to go into at some point because <laughs> it just it, it sounds like it's a blast and it sounds like it would be a blast. I'm sure like any other job, it has its its moments. But uh, man, that sounds like a ton of fun. I'm curious because MacFest is in January. What's the year like? I mean, right now we're you know we're good. Uh, math eight months out from the next one roughly uh is this kind of a slow period for you and it ramps up or you just, is it always always churning you know um there is definitely always a lot to do throughout the year but uh i would say that we do you know have a uh a more hectic 
uh, workload and workflow, you know, during the later months of the year prior to, you know, the event in January, Super MAGFest. Um, but, you know, throughout the year, we have a lot of uh, smaller events that still require a whole lot of attention. Um, this summer, um, we have uh, Mag Stock, which is kind of our outdoor camping, like nerd glamping kind of event. Uh, again, <laughs> lots of video games, lots of concerts. It's super cool. It's got a totally different vibe. Um, and so we're really uh, plugging away and the, the MagStock team is, you know, working a lot on that. But uh, these earlier months, you know, kind of the, the February through, you know, May, those are kind of foundational months where we're working a lot on the back end structure of the organization, you know, putting pieces in place so that uh, later on throughout the year, you know, we don't necessarily have to worry about them. Um, and right. it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's still a... Uh, a lot of work, but I would say that it's a uh, a more relaxed vibe overall. Gotcha. During those months, yeah. Man, there's so, gets, there's so many things going on with the mag universe, I guess you could say, with the West and the mag stock, and <laughs> uh, there was uh, like a mini mag at some point. I can't remember the proper term, uh, there, but it was a... Mag a, labs, a, yeah. Mag labs, that's what it was, yeah. yeah. Is that still a thing? Uh, not at the moment, you know. It's always one of those things where we're we're talking about it, and uh, you know, when the time is right, I'm sure it'll return to form in in some way, you know, one way or another. Uh, right. Definitely one of my favorites too, because again, I I really love you know. I think Super Magfest, the one in January, I I think it's incredible, but you know, it's it's also you know twenty four thousand people, right? So it's a lot of it's almost like going to Disney World, where it's just tons of people a million different things to do and uh you know it's it's really really fun but it's very very high energy i'm old now you know what i mean so <laughs> i like i like lounging in a hammock and listening to the tunes outside you know wow. mag stock things like that uh, <laughs> a hammock oh like, yeah that's yeah, that's high class that's right. i haven't even thought about hammocks since like i saw homer simpson in one on a <laughs> old uh, simpsons episode but are you the guy that uh, books the guests and the performers and all that sort of stuff uh, so not me uh personally um in fact I, I i really love the way that we have this set up so um for our guests and our performers um those uh those departments are in basically entirely handled by volunteers. And part of the reason uh, for that is so that the, you know, full-time employees, you know, we don't necessarily, I don't get to say, okay, you know, I want the one-ups this year and next year and the following year, you know, uh, they get to really exercise their own creativity. And that's a lot of the fun work, uh, in my opinion, with regards to MAGFest is choosing that kind of content that you think, you know, the community is really going to resonate with and get excited about. And so, uh, yeah, we have, we have a handful of, you know, bespoke departments where that's pretty much what they do. They're, they're the booking team and and, you know, they kind of handle that entire process soup to nuts. And we're sort of, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the out, outside boundary of that kind of keeping an eye on things, but really letting them, you know, sort of, you know, make the decisions that they want to make. Gotcha. Well, I guess because you have uh, less responsibility to it, I'm going to ask you what your favorite uh, guests and performers typically are at MAGFest. Do you have any oh, go-tos? Man. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to out myself here. Okay. So the first one, my favorite uh, VGM band, like my first love was, in fact, the One-Ups. Uh, I think mm. they even played the very first MAGFest. They're kind of 
they're kind of the the, the fathers of like the video game music right. cover scene at the very least the jazz oriented one um they are just a phenomenal band uh, i got to hang out with um uh, the band leader mustin uh at uh, vgm con this past week big shout outs to vgm con by the way they are doing just absolutely incredible things another one of my absolute favorite conventions um very very similar vibes to to magfest for sure mm-hmm. um but then uh I would say that the the biggest exciting band right now that I'm super into and have been for the last few years is a band called the Eight Bit Big Band. Um, ah, yeah. So this is this is uh, this was formed um, from a guy named Charlie Rosen who uh, cut his teeth in uh, Broadway and you know doing uh, television and commercials and movies and things like that. I mean, since the age of like 21, this guy is an absolute legend. Um, and you know, once he sort of made, you know, his success in Broadway, he was like, well, you know, I kind of want to do something that, uh, I've always really wanted to do, which is put together uh, a video game band. And, you know, being a, uh, Broadway orchestrator, he has tons and tons of connections to these incredible session musicians from New York and really all over the place. And he's also just this absolutely phenomenal arranger. Uh, in fact, actually he, he, and, um, uh, Jake Silverman, uh, aka Button Masher, they just won a Grammy for a VGM tune. Yeah, it's uh, the first ever, right? Yeah. For like video game music, kind of. I, you yeah. know, I think uh, Baba Yetu from uh, Civilization Four, I believe that also won a Grammy, but that's almost like cheating. Oh, I mean, wow. that song is like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let's not count that, right? But yeah, yeah, it was super cool to see that. Um, so I, w- I wanted to ask you though, like, okay, say I want to be a guest. At at uh, or I I I I want to be a uh, uh, have a panel at Magfest. What do I what do I do to get that done? And that's what I don't actually want to do that. By the way, I'd, I'd crap myself out of fear. But um, like say say you get I'm sure you get proposed like or you and your team rather get proposed all the time by people that are like. Hey, let me let me do a magfest. I I have this many followers. Uh, I will talk about this. Like, do you, do you expect the person to like come up with a proposal or like at least give you an outline or give you and your team rather an outline uh, regarding uh, what they'd be talking about and what the panel would consist of? Like, how does that part of it work? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. So you know, for something like guests or panels, um, uh, panels in particular will usually just open up. Uh, submissions for for a specific time period and generally speaking all you have to do is you know kind of submit your idea uh, tell us a little bit about who you are you know there are a handful of small specifics and then that kind of goes into you know a big uh, a big list and then our um, you know programming division and specifically you know our panels department they will painstakingly go through every single one of them and uh, one of the things that I'm really most proud about uh, with that particular team and really a lot of the teams at MAGFest is that uh, your your personal, um, you know, popularity does not necessarily factor into, you know, whether or not you're going to get a spot on a panel. It's really all about the content. And so we end up getting mm-hmm. just a huge amount of, like, diversity and just wide representation across all sorts of uh, fields and interests and um <coughs> then the panels team you know they they'll go through and they'll be like okay you know we don't have anything that looks like this this sounds really cool let's let's try this out and uh you know then they'll shoot them an email and you know bob's your uncle nice have, 
have you ever had a uh this is kind of a a, a weird question but have you ever had uh or trav i, I want to know f- from your perspective as an audience member too like a, a panel or, or a guest like kind of go sideways a little bit where it's like you know, I'm here to talk about video game history or whatever, but I'd really like to tell you about Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> it's this great new phone game that's available everywhere, and use uh, promo codes uh, DRUNKFRIENDDF15 to get 15% off, and, you know, has, has anything like that happened before where it's just like, what the hell is this person doing? I mean, first off, that was the smoothest advert in a podcast I had ever heard. <laughs> I just love the way you snuck that in there. Uh, man, I wish they were paying us for that, too. Damn, <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any uh, specific examples, um, but there are definitely there are there are panels that you know can absolutely kind of go off the rails sometimes you know there there are panels that are sort of ill-defined intentionally that um you know we might know uh know what the person is like you know what they're about uh i think um uh a, a guy one of my friends named uh, robbie benson he usually has a panel at mag west called the Gwabs panel and um we genuinely never know what to expect i think the last time uh, his panel happened. He ended up handing out like 30 different uh, packets of cereal to the audience and also inviting a local San Jose, like circa 2002, uh, like rapper slash kind of like C movie actor um, to this panel just to appear and then leave and it 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 was a completely wild and sort of surreal experience um just just for the sake of uh it, it's it's hard to explain but those are those are <laughs> the kind of panels that you know they might happen super late at night um you know i think we've had like sonic fan fiction reading panels where <laughs> it, it, it might not even it might, there may never be a sonic fan fiction you know it might just be people you know it's it's a bunch of wild stuff but then of course we have you know a lot of the very more rigid well structured uh daytime panels as i like to call them <laughs> right yeah you're frank cefaldi's yeah. who we had on as a recent guest very very oh, good uh, presenter yeah but then occasionally and i can speak from a bit of i guess not only experience but some inside baseball a pal of mine um started this this Paul phenomenon. Oh, uh, yep. If you're familiar with that, and we, I, I won't get into it, but uh, that those also become some very strange uh, panels. I've not attended any, but I've I've heard all about them. So yeah, to answer your your question, Alex, I would say once the sun goes down, all bets are off. You never really know what you're going to get, and that's actually the fun of it. It's kind of just wandering around a city, po- poking your head into a, a room and saying, "What's going on in here?" and trying to make sense of it. So and, it, it has and, that about it. That's that's where the legends are born too. You know that's that's <laughs> yeah. where uh, you know Magfest has this really um, unique way of latching on to you know really dumb and expansive jokes. Uh, you know for the past I don't know five or six years at least. You know we've had just this pop up. Uh, community created Danny DeVito shrine that just one day oh, yes. it appeared in the corner, you know, at the bottom of some stairs, and it was 
pretty small but you know we all got a laugh out of it so we're like yeah sure let's let's just leave it there and then you know (laughs) this earlier this year uh with the danny devito shrine i mean it was a huge like multi-layered production at this point it's 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 i thought he died i had to look up on my phone because that was (laughs) this was the first year it actually came to my attention i was like no way did he but on, on like on the way here did we lose devito but no it was just it was oh, just man. a shrine for the sake of having a danny devito shrine yeah why not why not that's macfest for you man it's good stuff yeah. um i another thing that persists and i want to get your opinion on this because i have my own uh the colossus roar where you at where you at on that oh man okay so for for anyone who doesn't know the colossus roar is uh the magfest mating call no it's it's basically <laughs> <laughs> it, it's uh it's literally a a roar this guttural roar that uh originated from the x-men arcade game where uh when you play as colossus you can taunt and he just kind of goes like the like sort of thing and it has just become this living breathing meme uh for magfest to the point where um it's a call and response you hear one colossus roar in a in a crowd of people and suddenly a thousand people join in in this glorious symphony of of yelling and destruction, uh, and and you know what? It bleeds outside of Magfest. I was at a Protoman show, uh, you know, a few weeks back, and you know this had nothing to do with Magfest, but there were people in that <laughs> audience, Colossus roaring, uh, and then the what? whole audience started doing it. And of course, you know, the Protoman themselves—they're like, "Yeah, shout outs to Magfest." Um, you know where I personally cool. where I personally stand on that. Um, I think it's fun. You know, I okay. I, I participate in it. Uh, I I'm not a huge fan if uh, people are kind of doing it um, near the hotel rooms. You know, keeping people up at night and it it can get a little a little tiring at some points. But um, I think it's all in good fun and it's sort of it's just a, a dumb little piece of inclusion you know it's something that everybody can do and and it's it's silly and it's silly for the sake of being silly yeah it what is about the, you what do you think i mean it is kind of the tattoo that magfest wears proudly you know it's it's the <laughs> thing that uh, every year you know like well we're here i hear it there it is but yeah as long as you if you keep it out of the atrium i'm okay exactly. with that and also if you just don't do about 50 back to back i'm okay with like one every half hour you know give me one every half hour i might even throw one in there but dude Sometimes I get I get a little over it. I'm not going to lie to you, but it is it makes me feel like I'm at home. You know, when I hear that first one, it's like, gosh dang, what is it? Wednesday night thing hasn't even started yet. And there's Colossus Wars in the parking lot. So, yeah, it has its charm. But like anything else, it uh, has its limits, too. But that's that's all good. Alex will will know all about that, I'm sure, when he uh, when he makes the uh, makes the trip. That's that's one of my favorite things uh, whenever someone is new to the show and they walk in and they're coming to a music and gaming festival. You know, they're here to listen to music and play some some video games. And then suddenly they look around and everyone is just screaming, but for like only three (laughs) seconds. And then and then everybody ignores it, just goes on. And they're like, what (laughs) what fever dream did I just walk into? (laughs) That is a good point. It does feel like you're just constantly being flash mobbed, and you're like, what? Am I the only person here not in on it? What is going on? <laughs> no, that's a really good point. Hey, your, your job sounds awesome, and I can't stop thinking about how jealous I am about your job. <laughs> and I'm just curious, how did you get it? How did you fall into it? What what doors opened for you to, to just snag this cool gig? Um, well, you know, I, I had been attending MAGFest for, you know, well over a decade now, and I, I've been involved in the charity department um, for over 10 years now. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, we put on a charity auction every year that uh, my, myself and uh, my, my friend Adam Chase uh, host. And, um, you know, big shout outs to Steve and Justin who run that department. Um, and so, you know, I, I've always kind of been a, a part of the MAGFest family since, you know, the, the sort of early days, even, you know, pre-Gaylord. And so uh, when the job position opened up, um, I had uh, I, I had recently left a job uh, at um, Reddit, actually, and uh, I was looking for new work and I, I applied and... Uh, I think there were, you know, a handful of other people who applied and I kind of just went through the ringer and it was, you know, a little bit weird because, uh, you know, the, the person who ended up hiring me, Nick Marinelli, you know, he, he's an old friend of mine and we used to, you know, go, uh, go rogue and do, you know, promotions for MAGFest, you know, we'd drive up to PAX in our buddy Dom's car, we'd cram, you know, six full-size dudes in this little car just to go and evangelize MAGFest. And um, so I, I feel like I had a small a small bit of an in already, yeah. but, uh, you know, to, to the credit of everyone in the office and everyone who kind of went through that hiring procedure with me, you know, it was very, um, it was very well structured. And, um, you know, I really did have to provide a lot of, you know, um, you know, sources, examples, references, and, you know, sort of anything that you would normally have for, for a job. And I think at the end of the day, it just ended up being a good fit. That's awesome. And you used to work for, for Reddit. What did you do for Reddit? I was the um, uh, community manager uh, for Reddit. And this was kind of back when it was a much smaller team. I think when I started, there were probably only like 15 or so people. Um, and now it's, you know, a gigantic Holy entity. Um, but Wow. Uh, I, I've kind of always worked in um, the startup environment, and so switching over to something like MAGFest uh, felt very natural because it's a very small core team. You know, it's uh, people that, you know, we work together every single day, and we get to see each other, you know, every day, uh, whether that's virtually or in person. And we're always sort of, you know, helping and assisting each other and, uh, you know, helping to, you know, manage our, our community as well and, it just it feels very natural kind of going from an environment like uh, like Reddit where, you know, you're also working with a, a smaller team or at least at the time I was. And uh, yeah. Well, at least with MAGFest, you get a, a huge payoff. You get the actual event with Reddit. You just get like a shitstorm of like problems. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this these people are misbehaving and this sucks and blah, blah, blah and all that. But at least you get you get like the big Super Bowl. As stressful as I'm sure that that can be, so like, what is some of the most uh, some of the more challenging parts? What what stresses you out and what keeps you awake at night? I'm sorry to go down this dark path. Oh man, with you, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm curious, like what what you find uh, to be the hardest part of what it is that you do. Alex and I play good cop bad cop on this podcast, so you got you just got bad copped. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm ready for it. Let's rip the bandaid off. Uh, you know, it's a different challenge kind of every year. Um, you know, this year, especially, you know, with COVID and we had this giant snowstorm, um, it, it was, uh, you know, we we had less than half of our volunteer base. So we were, we had a significant staff shortage. And then on top of that, we had, you know, quite a few cancellations, you know, right up to the event. Um, and so for the first few days, it was a lot of scrambling and, you know, really trying to, um, you know, 
keep everything flowing and, and making sure that the uh, attendee was not noticing any, you know, significant deficiencies in the event. And to everyone's credit, I think they, you know, they, they completely pulled it off, um, which was amazing. But uh, it's, it's the unknown unknowns that keep me up at night. You know, I think there was one year where, uh, you know, I was in charge of, uh, buy- this was my first year, actually, as an employee. Um, the first Super Magfest I ever did, uh, I was in charge of purchasing the lanyards, which, you know, it's not something that you usually think about uh, as a big job. But as it turns out, when you have a gigantic event and you got badges, you need lanyards. And uh, after I submitted the order, I guess I had never confirmed it via email. And so oh. Wednesday night or maybe, yeah, I think it was Wednesday night. Uh, we found out, oh God, we have no lanyards. And so uh, that was just this huge overnight struggle uh, to, to get everything in place. And, you know, uh, we, we, we hit up some of our friends at, you know, places like BronyCon who kind of, you know, they threw us some lanyards to get us through the morning before, you know, the overnight shipment arrived. And it's those... I was going to say, where do, where do you go to get lanyards? Do you go to Party City? Do you go to like uh, <laughs> FedEx Kinko's or something? Like where, where can you get like, uh, yes, I need uh, 4,000 lanyards, please. Uh, or however many. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, well, you know, the first step was we went to Foot Locker and just started stealing shoelaces. Um, but <laughs> after we got kicked out there, no, there are a few uh, online places that uh, we were able to to contact, um, and thankfully they they answered their phones, and we were able to arrange, you know, an overnight shipment of them. Um, so uh, we we sort of dodged that bullet, but um, every year there's there's always um, some you know unknown. Uh, significant issue that we need to solve in real time. And, you know, on one hand, that's incredibly stressful and very, very hectic. But on the other hand, uh, you know, the people who, who work and volunteer at MAGFest, they're, they're very agile and they're very quick on their feet. And so it's just this giant community of problem solvers. And so there is also a, oh, I shouldn't say this, I shouldn't say this, but there's a tiny bit of fun to like solving those ridiculous, <laughs> crazy problems. Uh, oh, you jinxed yourself. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's a, it's a bit of there's an adrenaline rush associated with a lot of that stuff too. That I, that's probably uh, I don't know. I don't want to say addictive, but certainly when the payoff works, I'm sure in the end it feels pretty good to have overcome it. And uh, it's a, it's a good segue. You mentioned COVID. And I was going to ask you about this because I, I was at the. Uh, MAGFest uh, just a few months ago and I was really impressed with how it went and um, it seemed like the numbers were pretty low and, and it was good to see that there wasn't really a need for a lot of mask enforcement. It seemed like most folks followed the rules. Now, I didn't have my eyes on everybody all the time. I'm sure there were issues, but I was very impressed with how well that went. What, what's your take on um, that MAGFest from a few weeks ago? I was also, I was completely blown away. The entire event, I saw literally only two people not wearing a mask one uh was like uh, sipping a beverage that i i didn't see and both people i had walked up and i was like hey can you you know put your mask on and they were like oh yeah yeah sure no problem and they were super chill about it um everyone was 
ultra respectful and um, our, 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 you know, registration team were very vigilant in, you know, checking vax cards and things like that. But then, you know, the event itself, you know, on the back end, definitely a whole lot of chaos, especially that, you know, sort of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, things really settled down and, and fell into place on Saturday. But uh, from what I understand, at least, you know, from the attendees perspective, you know, things, you know, went off, I, I'd say probably without a hitch. And for a lot of people, this was one of their favorite events because, you know, there there were very few crowds. You know, I, I went downstairs at one point and just immediately jumped onto a game of NBA Jam. No line, no nothing. It was amazing. <laughs> that you never know? happens. Exactly. I had to sign up for a tournament to touch the NBA Jam machine a couple of years ago. <laughs> so that's incredible. Yeah, and I, I think the, um, you know, makes me a little bit jealous of MagWest. They're out there with their short lines and their laid back attitudes. And at MagFest, yeah. you got to fight for your right to party. And uh, <laughs> thankfully, we didn't have to do that too hard this time around. Like, you know, my our favorite acts, or I say our, but, you know, it's because Alex and I have had, you know, Bit Brigade and Super Guitar Bros oh, yeah. uh, on the show. We, we, we enjoy talking to those guys, but, you know, those are my favorite acts. And so I, I was trying to get down there early. I wanted to get a good, good spot. And I got in there and I was like, oh, dang, I forgot. There's like a a fraction of the people here. And so it doesn't really matter where I go. I'm going to be able to see a show. So it was kind of nice to have that reprieve from the big crowds. I I'm, I'm looking forward to MacFest returning to its properly crowded, um, crop dusting glory. But, uh, it was, it was a nice, it was a nice change of pace, at least just to get back into the fold. It was great to be there for the most, for first and foremost, but then it was also very accessible, which was great. Those two acts, by the way, probably my favorite of the event. I would say. Oh, they were so good. Oh, oh, they yeah. were so good. I mean, Bit Brigade always puts on a crazy show. And I the, the crowd was wild. You would not have been able to tell that it was a COVID year. It was so jam-packed. It was so electric. And then, you know, Super Guitar Bros, gosh, they are just top-notch. They... They, 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 they played uh, that the Ocarina of Time um, uh, soundtrack. And I seriously, I got goosebumps and, like, tears to my eyes. It was so beautiful. <laughs> incredible concerts it was good yeah yeah and those guys are really funny too like they're just naturally natural entertainers they're they're good in front of crowds and stuff like that so that of course that helps too and and you wouldn't know it but uh sam's actually pretty great at melee i'd never tell this to uh, his face but um (laughs) uh you know he he's he's certainly a significant challenge (laughs) (laughs) yeah he he even uh i guess he challenged the colossus roar he did his own little woo thing which Alex mentioning how funny uh, Sam is. That became its own thing. So there was a there's the Colossus War, but then there's the Sam. Just a very light Ric Flair, just a light little woo, and that was that was nice too. Always always a good show. Those guys are hilarious. Yeah. All right. So uh, we we survived COVID Magfest. Looking forward to the the other events that you have planned. There you got Mag Stock and and um, Mag West and that kind of thing. What were some big lessons learned from from getting the group back together for for Super Magfest that that'll carry forward, um, especially with the the ongoing and, and seemingly never ending pandemic? Wow, that is that's like an excellent question that we should all be asking. Like internally every single week <laughs> um you know hey hire me man i want your job so i mean if they, you need there a guy we to go. ask hard yeah. questions i'm there <laughs> um yeah you know i think it our perspective has changed um a little bit uh for sure i mean obviously public safety has always been critical but now there's this completely new element of public safety and uh those are things that you know really impact kind of uh the way that an event can can shake out you know the 
the number of people you know that are allowed to be in a room or something like that. Now, thankfully, a lot of those restrictions are are being lifted, um, and I'm really, really crossing my fingers, you know, that we're not you know going to see like a COVID twenty by the time you know Magfest or Magwest happens. But uh, I would say um, it, it really placed a lot of importance on. I know this is going to sound dumb, but just preparations that we haven't had to really think about before and not just, you know, things like, uh, you know, personal safety, but things like, you know, guest cancellations and um, shortages of staff and, uh, you know, minimizing or, or reducing the scope of certain aspects of the event, but still trying to keep them as high quality and as interesting, you know, to the community as possible. And it's it's ended up giving us sort of this really diverse perspective, um, which I think, uh, I would say it, it, it helps in kind of uh, the modularity of the events and the mm. scope of the individual pieces, where it's like, you know, before maybe our mentality for something like super Magfest is like full balls to the wall. Like every individual piece, let's go as hard and as big as we possibly can go. Um, and now, you know, I, I think especially after this last uh, super, you know, we're thinking, you know, Hey, a lot of these, you know, sort of more chill, relaxed aspects. Like there was this, um, th- this makerspace room that was always just super chill. And I went to like a lock picking seminar there and it was just spent an hour picking locks and chatting to people who are way better at it than I am. And it's one of those things that I never expected to do at something like Magfest, but there it is. And and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, we should really be highlighting a lot of these, you know, really intricate and, you know, unique smaller experiences as well. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to lend itself uh, pretty well for something, you know, like Magfest or MagWest. Um, then, of course, the the other big lesson and big, big piece that we've learned over the last two years is transitioning some of our content to the digital space. And I mean, that's just been, that's been the name of the game for basically the entire events industry. And we, along with everyone else, have seen varying degrees of success with that. Um, you know, our our uh, the last uh, two MagWests have been virtual experiences only, um, but they were, you know, incredibly fun. Uh, you know, I thought they were really successful and I enjoyed watching them. They were basically these giant elongated Twitch streams, but then, you know, we have a lot of, uh, oh my God. Okay. Let me, let me tell you one quick, awesome <laughs> thing that, that happened, uh, for super Magfest 2022. This Please. was one of my favorite content pieces and it didn't even happen in person. So we have this absolutely bonkers team who painstakingly, meticulously modeled the entire Gaylord Hotel in virtual reality and themed it like MAGFest. So, you know, you've got like square wave, uh, you know, uh, poles and, and a bunch of like iconic things all around this, you know, this, this virtualized Gaylord. And they had a... Uh, a parallel event going on during Super Magfest that was hosted in VR chat. Um, and it was so successful, so cool. We even had these real life and virtual portals. So uh, that connected the two worlds. So in, in at the real Gaylord, we had, um, you know, a giant projector and essentially a webcam and microphone that was, uh, 
you know, placed in a very specific location at the Gaylord. And in the virtual world, there was a virtual camera and mic setup. And so you could actually peer into the virtual world and wow. the virtual attendees could then peer into the real world and they could communicate <laughs> with each other. Whoa. And yeah, and, and, and this was the first year that we've ever really experimented with something like that. And it's one of those things that regardless of COVID, regardless of how things are, um, you know, digitized in the future, this is something that we're going to continue to pursue because it was just absolutely phenomenal. It was so creative and so well done. So a lot of those kind of, you know, individual content pieces are are things that we've collected over the course of COVID. And then, you know, a lot of kind of back end um, practices that, you know, we're probably going to carry forward for for a lot of the other events as well. So wow. somebody just did that like on their own? Yeah, I, that that virtual reality it, thing. It, it's it's absolutely madness. Yeah, there's there's a that's team crazy. of people. Huge giant shout outs, and I mean that's kind of the the mantra of Magfest um, in general is when someone has a good idea, we're just like, cool. How do we help you make this happen? You know, <laughs> right on. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I was I was all ready to be a bad cop again and be like. Like, yeah, I don't know about the whole virtual thing because, um, you know, people are already, you know, people that work from home are already kind of sick of that whole experience thanks to, you know, Zoom and Teams and all that wonderful nonsense. But, um, yeah, you uh, immediately talked me out of that if if you've got people (laughs) that are creating virtual hotels, you know, uh, that's madness. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really really impressive, and I mean it's this giant love letter to to Magfest and the the community and the history as well. You know, there's even this virtual museum uh, inside of this. Um, uh, one of the leads on on that team, um, I believe, he actually proposed to his wife at Magfest, and so like the <laughs> event and the organization means a lot to him. He's a phenomenal uh, person. Big shout outs to Greg. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool, and I think. I, I'm really hoping that we can actually highlight that virtual event um, outside of Super as well. I think it would be really yeah. fun to have, you know, sort of a weekend of VR chat MAGFest, you know? Yeah, or even pay tribute to past MAGFests and, you know, be, I, I don't know, I'm just, that that got my brain rolling here where it's like you could be able to peer in at like, any given moment, you know, or have it be like almost like a fishbowl type experience where you're just kind of in that headspace. Yeah. You're just looking at people milling around. Maybe there's a concert going on. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's this such and such panel and that sort of thing. So I, I love that idea. I love that's that's really cool that somebody did that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the history of MAGFest is kind of interesting. And you've as an organization, I think I've embraced that a little bit more. Or at least I noticed it. Uh, at least the last couple of times, there's a nice little walk down memory lane near, uh, near the um, the gaming museum itself, which is mm-hmm. really fascinating. And so, what, what a cool thing that MacFest has, you can go in there and look at like, you know, all kinds of of old school like eight bit computers and old Pong machines, and it kind of graduates up through various uh, you know iterations of time. But MacFest also has a section for itself where you can look at like the old logos and. Um, stuff like that over the years, where where it was, what hotel it was at, and that kind of thing. And I think that's important. I think that's neat. So it's it's good to see that that is now sort of moving virtually in a very um, I don't know spectacular way. And that's in an interesting way. It's, yeah, I was ready to poo poo this like virtual <laughs> stuff because I've done a virtual panel before, 
um, uh, for uh, some, I think it was like Long Island, uh, something or other. Uh, I forget the name of it. It was a few years ago. But um, I, I, you know, I, I came in like super nervous and like over prepared. And I had like this big slideshow about like, you know, the, the inner workings of YouTube and like how this, the, the channel that I have, uh, Sinestronk, how that ended up coming about and why I made it. And all. nobody cared. So I just like uh, about 15 minutes into it, I just like tossed it out the window. All anybody wanted to do was just like ask me questions about like, what do you think is the best like Super Mario World level? Like if you had to pick like one level and and my my girlfriend in the other room can hear like, oh, this is just like a hangout kind of a thing. So she comes in and, and makes me like uh, an aviation drink. And so I'm just sitting there sipping gin while she's uh, <laughs> while I'm answering these questions, and it's like, okay, that's what this is. That's fine. So yeah, you never know what you're gonna get when it comes to, you know, I guess panels in general, but virtual stuff as well. But uh, yeah, so I all right, so I it's clear that I need to get my ass get your ass to Mars, as uh, Arnold would say. <laughs> but I need to get my ass to Megfest. Um, what what are your go to uh, places to eat? Oh man, my hotel room, uh, a box of crackers. <laughs> I don't know. Um, there, there are definitely saltines. Some, yeah. Well, oh man, you know there were a few businesses that sadly closed. Um, there was this great oh. burger joint called Elevation Burger. That's gone. Oh, uh, they there left. Are, oh, that's damn, gone, man. Damn. I hope it comes back. But you know, there's there's some staples. You know, you got like the pot bellies and whatnot. And then there's a. Uh, Oh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's it's uh, you know kind of a barbecue joint. A lot of like chicken. I usually get wings there. It's you know right outside of the the. Um, Is it like Cadillac Ranch or something? Something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, there, there's you know some decent places to eat um, in the Gaylord as well. Um, I, uh, I I, I would say food trucks. You know, I I don't think so. Which seems kind of odd you, you would think that i don't know if that's a if that's you know there's some weird stipulation at the inner harbor with regards to food trucks oh um, i gotcha yeah i mean there might be there might not be it, it, it feels like money left on the table though um, that was maybe yeah, that's yeah, i was gonna say yeah totally seems like a food truck kind of a yeah definitely deal, but but uh yeah i'm just spitball i'm just i'm just throwing my ideas at yeah projectile <laughs> ideas in your face love it because uh, I, I i yeah no I, I i love the creativity that goes into events like this um even though i'm sure when i get there i'm going to get lost in the arc the giant arcade um i wanted to ask about the arcade itself i don't know how much what what sort of a uh, role you play in in setting that up like do you know how that gets set up like how games get picked is it just are people just like picking what's available like okay well we we know we can get this or are there any like holy grail games that you can that you're waiting for that you can get that you know of yeah um so i mean the way that it's set up uh we have our own uh magfest warehouse that has a handful of um arcade games you know everything from the classics your donkey kongs and whatnot um to you know a handful of rhythm games my personal favorite is we have a full motion f-zero gx machine which is oh, like, man. yeah, oh man, that, that game is so good. Um, oh, sorry, F-Zero AX, the arcade version, of course. Um, but then we also um, contract out um, a lot of different arcade vendors, or at least a handful of them. And so they'll show up usually on uh, like day day negative one or day zero and, uh, you know, set up their arcades. Um, 
I, I think there are usually conversations uh, with the arcade department and those contractors on basically, you know, what games to bring. But at this point, uh, we know what really resonates well with uh, our audience. Mm. And, and honestly, like the, the those contractors who do this for a living, they know probably even better than we do. Um, but there's always just this really wide, eclectic selection of arcade games. There's always something, there's always like at least one new arcade game that I'm like, I'm surprised this even exists. Like, uh, there was, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was this year or a previous year, there was this electronic, almost like a Pong kind of arcade game. Uh, sorry, not Pong. I mean, like, beer Pong. Like, oh, you had yes. to physically throw... Oh, yeah. Little Trav told me all about that. Ping Pong sounds, balls. Sounds awesome. Yeah, and there's these, like, tilted kind of uh, electronic plates that register a hit, and you have to, like... Uh, you know, hit all of them and, and bounce it around to crazy ricochet shots. And it's just one of these things that's incredibly satisfying. Um, but there's, you know, and then there's those wild uh, uh, Japanese rhythm, like washing machine rhythm games. I don't know if you guys have seen those. Like, <laughs> yeah. they, like they just look like a giant washing machine and people that's wear awesome. gloves and they're, you know, moving at like 800 miles an hour around these screens. Those are always really cool and I think fun to watch. Um and then, yeah, I mean, there's just a really wide selection. I myself, I'm a big uh, shoot 'em up fan, like real classic, you know, Toho oh, okay. and cave shooters, things like that. And so, uh, I always get really excited about any of the you know vertical shmups that uh, show up. And there's always it's always a different selection too, which I think is really cool. Um, so every year, I, I always make at least like an hour, hour and a half to play through one shoot 'em up at like 4 a.m., you know, Saturday night. Like, that's that's my MAGFest tradition, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only time what did you, you play can... last year. Oh, oh. man, uh, I have it written down. Let's, uh, let, me, let, me, let me pull it up here real quick. It was um, Pink Sweets. <gasps> Dude, that's the game that I, I played that game with our, uh, our friend Michelle, and that game is hard as balls, but it's so fun. It's oh. great with two-player because you got like the you got to balance the the shield and the shot and stuff. That's cool. Yeah, and actually, it was really cool. Halfway through my game, uh, somebody walked up to me and they were like, "Hey, can I join in?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, come on, let's go!" And so <laughs> it was a struggle for those like first you know three levels, yeah. and then I I had somebody uh, who you know just plopped down beside me, and we we ended up crushing through the whole game. It was super awesome. That is know? awesome. Yeah, it doesn't actually, if I can remember right, it doesn't really say like. It, pink sweets anywhere in English. I think our buddy, we had to like match art online to figure out what the hell we were playing because it was all in, yep. in Japanese. But uh, <laughs> we, f- we figured yeah, it out. We were like Google image search. Yeah, I think yeah. that, I mean, yeah, our, our pal uh, Burger Champ looked that up for us and we were like, what the hell is this game? And then when we heard it's like pink sweets, is that right? Because that doesn't seem like there were any pink sweets in this game. You know, I was doing a lot of right. shooting of aliens <laughs> and whatnot. But uh, but no, it was it was really fun. That's crazy. If, we just made Magfest sound small because we both we played the exact same arcade game all yeah. the way through and enjoyed it. But it, Alex, it's, it's 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 fucking crazy that we would have played the same game. It's, there's yeah, so many machines. I, so there there are something like you know three or four hundred arcade machines there, and that's not you know even counting the you know three or four hundred consoles you know that are there as well. Um, just this gigantic console library, basically anything that you could possibly want to play. Um, you know. All the way down to you know the original um, what's the that Xbox game Steel Battalion with like the crazy setup. Actually, I think somebody has like a giant setup that they bring every year where you sit inside of it. I don't know if we had that last year, but uh, there's always just these. It's it's just such a it's such a huge museum of games um, that 
you know, you could play anything from, you know, the, the Jaguar, you know, to, to your switch games. Um, super fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I, I just, since you mentioned, uh, that you like vertical shoot 'em ups, I want, I do want to give a shout out to a game that I hope to see at MAGFest when I go there. It's called Hot Dog Storm. Whoa. And uh, yeah, it's it is it is has nothing to do with actual hot dogs. I think the, the the mistranslation there, or at least the kind of fuzzy translation there, is that hot dog is referring to like hot dog in it as a, as a pilot, <laughs> like showing off. So the the title is very strange, but the game itself is really like so fast paced and crazy and fun. You know, like your typical early '90s, uh, mid '90s shoot 'em up. I just love the name Hot Dog Storm, and I'd love to see like an actual cabinet of Hot Dog Storm, if at all possible. <laughs> that's <laughs> Me that's too. on the list now. We're gonna go for it. We're gonna see what, what we go, can do. See if we can find. Hot, I just want my picture taken next to a Hot Dog Storm cabinet one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, if you can make uh, Alex's dream a reality, I'm sure we could get him out there. Uh, you know, Albuquerque's not too far for a hot dog storm, and so we, we can get. Oh him hell no! Amen. We, we get hot dog storms every day here. <laughs> Just had one this morning. Jeez. Uh, well, Dak, I think that's uh, that's about it for the questions we had written down. At least, man, we really appreciate the the time you took here with us and uh, your great interview. And you've got me. What's sad about this? I have eight more damn months until another Magfest, and I'm <laughs> all I'm all geared up for one now. God, dang. well, I guess you're just gonna have to come to Magstock and Magwest. I guess know? so. I guess so. I'm gonna clear my calendar. I'm gonna do it. All right, but man, uh, yeah, thanks so much, and thanks for all you do. Because Magfest, honestly, is I, I guess I don't have a ton to compare it to. I've not been to a lot of other major events that aren't just you know like a too many games which is a little more geared toward the marketplace but as an event itself you know it seems to go off with without a hitch each and every year and it's it's so much fun it's the highlights of my year i get my highlight out of my year uh early you know first week of january the rest of the year shit after that so <laughs> it's th- downhill from there <laughs> it really is so uh, thank you for all you do and in, in, in your team too because honestly it's uh it it makes it honestly it makes the year for a lot of people when it comes to to gaming and, and socializing. So we appreciate it. Hey, that 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 really uh, that warms my heart. I'm I genuinely I mean the reason why you know I do this and I think uh, almost all of the volunteers and certainly my coworkers do it is because you know those moments where you know we get to see everybody having a really good time and you know whatever stress whatever weird things we've got to overcome it's always totally worth it during the show that and Bit Brigade you know so <laughs> those are the two things. <laughs> Amen um, to that. Oh, real quick. So I did yeah. actually pull up the dates. MagWest 2022, August 19th through the 21st. It's at the Doubletree Hilton in San Jose, California. And MagStock is this June 9th through 12th in uh, Camp Ramblewood. So there's there's my plugs for the episode. That's awesome. Pl- <laughs> plug all you want. I got to Google. Where's Camp Randlewood? Um, I want to say it's... Um, it's Ramble. somewhere a little north. It might be. Is that Wisconsin? Uh, is that Maryland. Madison? I think it's in Maryland. Um, Maryland. It's kind of. It's kind of uh, a little north of uh, you know something like Baltimore, maybe like an hour or so north. Okay, yeah, I'm, I mapped it here. It, it is in. The, it, it's a good place to camp. It seems like it's in the middle of uh, roughly nowhere, as, as as nowhere as you can get near Baltimore. It's there, so that's that's neat. All right, might yeah. run into Stringer Bell out there or uh, Omar. Yeah, you never know who you'd run Nothing? into. Nothing? Crickets? 
Nobody here watched The Wire? Oh, okay. No, I Never got mind. you. I got you, Stringer Bell. Yeah, the old one. That's a good show. Uh, Crickets? All right. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again, Dak. And uh, let's stay in touch, and hopefully we can get Alex to, to MAGFest and get a, get a first-timer's testimonial next year. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me, you guys. I really appreciate it. All right, everyone, that's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. And hey, guess what? You can reach out to us with any questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We'll respond or read it here eventually. Uh, we have more shows over there on our network. Uh, if you go to polymedianetwork.com, we got Tales of the Lesser Medium. We got Petey's Power Hour. We got Polykill. We have Andy Quest. And maybe more eventually. Oh, and uh, if you're not interested in sending an email, that's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a podcast app. If you're choice now, it'll help us out big time. And you can rate it on Spotify right now. Geez, so fast. You can find us all on social media on Twitter. I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex, he's over there at SNES Drunk. And uh, you can check out uh, our pal Dak at uh, DakVak, D-A-C-V-A-K on Twitter. Or, you know, just go to at MAGFest. And as always, the music you heard at the beginning you can hear right now is composed by our friend Coolor. The track you hear is called Electric Star Bounce. And you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout Podcast podcast page. God damn. Shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst quenching logo. I, I didn't trip over Josh <laughs> Leslie. I, pit, I tripped up on Buzzsprout podcast page. A lot of mouth movement. There. I know. And, you know, I'm just, I don't even know if, if there is a Buzzsprout podcast page. We've been saying that for years. <laughs> uh, be sure to catch us all on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Nip, 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 nip.